Hi friends, I'm Adrian File. And I'm John File. And welcome to the Love the Process podcast. We've been married 14 years, 13 good ones, and we have four awesome kids. My career has centered around process improvement and leadership development. And I've been an entrepreneur since I was five and currently an owner and CEO of an insurance company and real estate team. We are working to become better versions of ourselves every day. And we invite you to join us as we share our journey and the lessons we have learned in life, business, and figuring out how to love the process to becoming great. Let's go. Hello, friends. Good to be here. <laughs> we are so excited. We've got a guest with us today. Another one. Uh, we have Dave Carroll. Dave, I, we would love it if you could give us a little introduction about who you are, what you do, what you love. Oh, yes. Adrian, thank you. John, thank you so much. Uh, who I am? Oh, well, I'm, a, I'm an optimistic fella, um, happily married. Um, Jenny is my wife, and we have four boys, um, 15, 12, 10, and 10. And uh, I think I, I would be honest in telling you that I absolutely am wild about sports, although not about the loss last night to <laughs> their partners. Uh, love motorcycles. <laughs> I lo- love uh, love uh, motorcycle sports. Um, I, I love the opportunity um, to see people improve. I don't care if it's at home, it's on the way to work, or it's actually when I get to the job site. There's so much opportunity out there, and I just love to see that. And so I guess what that really means is that my glass is always half full. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and, awesome. and, and, you know, and as our listeners know, our goal is to find people who who really can expand on the idea of love in the process. He, we feel uh, fit the mold of, of uh, kind of love the process, the believer in, in that idea that you can continue to improve and get better. And I love that you're adding enthusiasm and optimism to it. Mm. Um, and so th- we got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight or today, I should say. So, <laughs> let's kids, go. I guess. Let's go. We <laughs> got go. hey hey you know and we probably need to get dinner but cuz when you have four kids I don't know about your experience but at least <laughs> us the dinner invites slowed up quite a bit after we had our third. <laughs> so so four kid families we we typically should stick together. <laughs> All right Dave we you have a coaching company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? My coaching company is Pantalon and as as simple as that word looks to say very few people say it correctly. And that's all right because it's a conversation starter. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you the quick story behind it, you guys. So Cantillon uh, is the last name of the gentleman, Richard Cantillon, who uh, was, was, I guess, was given the credit for coining the term entrepreneur back in the 1700s, anywhere from the early to the mid 1700s. And, um, and so when I first started this company with a couple other uh, great gentlemen who are no longer involved, we decided that we would offer something to entrepreneurs around the Pacific Northwest, mostly the Puget Sound, something that was different, something that was more unique. Um, it was just different. And we're not going to, we're not going to go so far as to say it was better, but we're going to say it was different and it was unique. And, and for that reason, uh, we would put our arms around people and bring them together in a different way. And that's where Cantillon started. Gosh, almost, almost six years ago now. Hmm. I love that name. Did you, do you know, do you know who, do you know who Tesla was? Uh, semi, semi familiar. I didn't know till today. I've heard of the company, right? But, but I didn't, I don't know if you, I didn't realize till today that Tesla was founded off of the guy who invented basically named or, or uh, named after the guy that invented electricity for the most yeah. part. 
Yeah. Made, made electrical currents, the alternating currents uh, in the 1800s um, more mainstream. So can't yeah, I see, and I, I didn't. And so in Cantillon, I love the name where it's got that background uh, that, that is founded in an idea of, of entrepreneurism. So what would you, what would you say? What's that? Go, go ahead, John. I was going to say, oh, I say, I was going to say, well, that's the, that's the golden rule. You guys are following the golden rule is that you've got to learn something new every day. I don't care what it is. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And so, and I love that. I'm learning the, how to homeschool. <laughs> That's what I'm learning today. We just started homeschooling last week. As a matter of fact, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. And uh, they, we did this, we gave it a good go at Zoom uh, for a 10, 10 year old and a seven year old, um, now eight year old. It was a tough, uh, it was a tough go. Um, the every, teachers were awesome. The teachers were awesome, and they've innovated and iterated in the best possible ways they can in the circumstances within Zoom that they have. But we found um, we found we're going to try it this way, and uh, and I'm optimistic that uh, that our kids are going to ideally get a more holistic education in this season in homeschool. But we'll see. I applaud you guys for that. My wife and I, Jenny, are we're doing the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah, we started at the beginning, Adrian, of last year. So we got lucky in that the finish to last year was a breeze for us. And our kids continued to learn, learn, learn right to the very last day, where I think every other family that wasn't homeschooling was really trying to figure it out. Um, and that was not easy on most people, as you guys wow. know. So you guys were already homeschooling? Yeah, beginning of last year. Oh, yeah. so you saw this coming. Why don't you, um, <laughs> I mean, Adrian was, Adrian hit it pretty good. She, she came home from a 13 and a half year career in operations and process improvement um, about three weeks before COVID hit. I mean, literally. The day before Valentine's Day, February 13th was my last day. Yeah. And, and I was not totally expecting to have the kids home from school two weeks later. <laughs> At all. Three we we later. knew we were going to Arizona for two weeks, which we did. And then as we were, we were progressing back from Arizona, we took the trailer down there and it was like, wow, this is getting serious. And then we've seen kind of the progression thereof. Yeah. I mean, but what a blessing it's been to yeah. the time. It would have been a lot harder if I was still trying to do that. And yeah. on, on this point, and let's go to optimism. And, but, but it's been a very interesting season. I'm curious to hear an, uh, an incurable optimist, uh, self-proclaimed incurable optimist like yourself. <laughs> Um, respond to this this interesting notion of the last five weeks in five weeks I've known of not personally but of five people who have went to bed uh, who look and seem on the outside healthy not in a hospital and not with the COVID and not wake up and die a 37 year old a 42 year old a local music teacher who who was really frustrated with the zoom at North Creek High School uh, a 52-year-old and a, and a 49-year-old, I want to say. And a 40-year-old that was my um, – I used to follow him. He did all these really positive posts for Instagram to encourage parents to really, really think about social media for their kids, and mm -hmm. he just didn't wake up. So sad. And I, and I, and I, and I don't know – I'm not saying it was stress for sure or the change uh, in the ecosystem that has occurred – but again, anecdotally, a massively high amount of people 
you know, in, in four weeks uh, or four and a half weeks. And I, and I just wonder what, uh, I wonder how much impact the disruption is having, especially on families, uh, you know, who don't have any, who don't have much option, uh, especially on the school teacher who's now teaching, who could their whole life they gave to teach and they're teaching to a blank screen uh, because the kids have their screens off. Um, you know, North Shore, our school district lost 170 teachers as this thing kind of progressed uh, that, that, that left who were really good teachers. You know, as you, you said, you teach people, you come around people in a unique way. And one of the things that I think is important is the transference of energy and, and community. And when people are in the same space physically, there's another level of, of, of I don't know, of growth and of vitality. And so I'd be curious to hear your thoughts in terms of as you're working with people and, and leading entrepreneurs and your team certainly at work and your family, what have you found to be the best scenario in this season? Well, well, I'm gonna just start by saying that, you know, the anxiety that you guys sort of alluded to, you didn't use that word, but I'll just use that word, anxiety. I think I see it all around me and I do mean all around me. And so it's, it's real, it's there. It's sometimes it's hidden, like you guys said, you had come back the next day, um, but it's, it's really, really there and it's different for everybody. Yeah. Just like a, a thumbprint, right? Your DNA is different for absolutely everybody. So they all deal with it differently. But, you know, I think um, being around entrepreneurs all day at the bank or, or you know, coaching them at Cantillon, I think, you know, people, people need to be propped up from time to time. They, they need to still hear what others think is possible. Mm. and and call that a belief system or whatnot i say you know when you're when you're part of my team over here at banner bank or you know part of my mastermind at cantalon i don't think you can be doing anything else but being propped up with uh, people who believe in what you're doing they believe in the plan um they believe in pivoting too but that talking it out amongst people that you can trust and so that means being a bit vulnerable yeah. Just really saying what's on your mind, you guys. I mean, you have to be able, you have to have a space like that. Mm. And so you got to surround yourself with people that will give you that space. So what would you suggest? Completely agree. Uh, what would you suggest for folks to, that they could proactively take, steps that they could take? The average listener to love the process is, is the gamut. I got an eight, eighth grader call me named Jonathan who, who listened to 1440 and he asked me on a Friday night uh, from Tri-Cities, Washington. He goes, John, uh, I just got a quick question for you. Listen to 1440. I go, first of all, how old are you? 14. Dude, that's awesome. You're listening to our podcast at Tri-Cities at 14. That's awesome. Number two, what's your question? He says, I'm wondering if I'm playing too much Fortnite. I'm like, yeah. You pro Jonathan, I'm just going to go and put myself out on a limb and say, probably. You know, if that's <laughs> on your heart, you should probably shut it down a little bit. But keep listening to podcasts and doing positive things with your time. And, man, I can't wait to see where the trajectory of this is going to take you. But then we have up to the 75, 80-year-old, uh, the gamut of, of people who are all in the same, trying to find a process that will work for them day to day. And so when you talk about a space, I, you know, in a place, uh, 
what is what would you what suggestions would you give to people to intentionally create this venue where they can be vulnerable you mentioned where they can they can have people who believe and who who are positive and that will support them or prop them up like you said where would you point them your average you know main street america if you will yeah yeah, I think that's a great question that you ask. I think now is the time more than any other time ever that all three of us know. Um, and I'm talking about, you know, 08, 09 as well. Because, you know, that was similar, but very different. And so I say, find that inner circle that you have. Everyone has an inner circle, right, Adrian? Yeah. Everybody. We've all got one. Now, we haven't maybe talked to them in a while. We haven't, um, you know, picked up the telephone because, again, we can't just get in the car and go see them. But I say, you know, I say get back in touch with your inner circle. That doesn't mean it's not a magic number five or anything like that. Or, you know, like T-Mobile, I think, has the Fab Five. We can set it up <laughs> on your phone. You don't have to think about their, their phone numbers. Think about the people that you haven't talked to in a long, long time and then reach out to them. Maybe it's a text. Maybe that's the way they like it. Maybe it's a phone call or Zoom. You know, maybe it is a, a, a socially distanced coffee. But, you know, um, I think this is now the time to ask people some deeper questions and, 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 and almost be curious to how they're doing and maybe what, what, you can, um, what you can do for them. How can you help them? It's okay to ask those questions. And I think that being deeply curious like that is, uh, I think that's a, that's a fine way to go about life, especially right now during these COVID times. So Adrian's doing, it's so good you mentioned this. I mean, it's like we talked about this beforehand. We did not, I promise <laughs> you, the listener, we did not. Adrian, about 37 days ago, I think I'm 37 days into this challenge, and it happened to be five. It was the five for five for 55 challenge. And uh, Adrian could tell you uh, more about it in a sec, but there's a gal on there who was about 22 days in, 23 days into this challenge. And Adrian asked her, how is it going? What did she say? life-changing to tell Dave what the five for five for 55 is since he, okay so for, for 55 days every day there's five things that you do so you move your body for five miles um drink five ounce pints, five, five pints of water 80 ounces <laughs> five pints of water um but send encourage five people so that's the one that's like been really I'll, we'll talk I'll talk about that one in a second but Encourage five people. Write down five things that you're grateful for, and then five which pages, one am I missing? Five pages Read five pages a day at least, of a book. Um, but the the five encourage five people. John is so good at just like picking up the phone and calling someone when he thinks about them. Um, I'm a little bit more of an introvert though. Like it doesn't just occur to me to just randomly call somebody unless it's my best friend, and I'm just gonna call my best friend or call my mom. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't just randomly call people. But this has been like, I'm going to encourage, I'm going to reach out to five people. And sometimes it's just been somebody that has just all of a sudden is on my heart. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to send them a, twi a quick text. Or sometimes it's somebody that, oh, I've been meaning to get back to that person. And this is going to be the day that I do it because I'm just reminding that, oh, I have to, I want to do this five times. And it's just been a really, it's been a really cool thing to kind of force me to reconnect with some people. And it's not even always reconnecting. Sometimes it's encouraging somebody that I talk to every day, but I'm like intentional about sending something positive to that person instead. And it's been really neat. It's been really neat just personally for me to feel it. I don't know if they've noticed. It doesn't really matter. It's all about me. <laughs> I can't change anyone else. The only thing I could do is work on myself, right? <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Adrian. 
I bet it is still even life-changing uh, for you. I mean, because you just said it made me feel so good. Yeah. And it does have a way of doing that. Yeah. And, and no question. And we're in this time and space where we, we actually are getting some time. We're kind of getting some time back. It's just a matter of where are you going to use that time? Hmm. And, and so we've seen so many, uh, I've myself been pulled into things that, that may not be as proactive, you know, like you said, it, that may not be as, is reaching out. And, uh, and so I think that is a good answer for the main street, main, anybody in that's listening to say, what one thing can I do today? What can I do next? What can I hang up? What can I hit stop on this podcast and do? Because mm-hmm. it's real easy. You know, I like to say ideas are easy. <laughs> I know lots of people with ideas. It's a matter of doing the thing that gives you the power, you know, and that's loving the process really of whatever that action or answer is. How about in your, how about in businesses in entrepreneurs? I'd love, and then we got to get into sports of hair, uh, but entrepreneurs, what are you finding? Uh, I love what you said, pivoting. Uh, you know, I remember talking to a friend of mine right as this thing was hitting and he had to go around and, and ask people to make some cuts in payroll, you know, and he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to keep you know, $300,000 a month in, in payroll. And, and he just wasn't sure if he's going to be able to keep everybody on and he had a real estate kind of driven focus and, and he made those decisions and he, and he found a way and he just put him, put his head down and he has hit targets six months later that he never thought that team was ever going to be capable of hitting. And he didn't have to let a single person go. And then I know there's certain industries where, you know, like the golf club, we had to furlough a bunch of people immediately. And, and, and those were some tough decisions and, and restaurants have had to close their doors in some cases. And, what have kind of been the gamut of your stories of entrepreneurs that are, that are, that are thriving, pivoting, or, or trying to survive this, this sudden change, I guess, in circumstance? Boy, I tell you, you, both of you guys together have some really great questions. I love that you're asking me these questions. So I'll give you some, I'll, I'll protect the, uh, the people involved. So I won't, we'll use yeah. their names. But I've got some really good, quick little stories. So I've got one, one gal that I've worked with for uh, on and off probably nine, 10 years. Well, she has decided to, well, she had made a key hire, but didn't know it until COVID hit. Um, that was probably a year or so before COVID got here. But this gal was in a particular industry that allowed, when COVID hit, allowed this new hire to wrap her arms in this industry that would uh, allow the business owner that I'm speaking of to then create a program, a virtual program, which had never been done before for this, con- this complete industry, which is of course around the country. So now they're doing virtual, holding virtual um, you know, podcasts and, and, and Zoom meetings and sort of webinars for an industry because they've got this leader that she hired a year ago. And nobody could have figured that out. They are they're, they're busting out of the seams right now. They're mm-hmm. truly busting out of the seams. Now, they're still consider, considering all the, you know, political, you know, stuff that's going on. They're a little bit on the leery side. They just want to wait till the new year gets here, but they're ready uh, to bust out. And if they can do that with one industry, they can do it with two, right? So mm-hmm. they just need to find another one. That's a great story. Um, you know, somebody, uh, this was an excellent insight, you guys. There's this gentleman who uh, is a partner in a business where uh, at the beginning of COVID, 
um, you know, I had a conversation with him about if he was to imagine a, a circle, you know, and inside the circle was a bunch of little arrows and all these arrows were going in totally different directions as if there was a lot of things that maybe weren't uh, syncing up in his business and I asked him to think about those things. And then I said, opposite of that, there's another circle next to it with a bunch of small arrows all traveling in the same direction that would perceivably mean that everybody was in sync and the business was headed in the right direction because uh, priorities were set and everyone understood what they were supposed to do, right? Well, so I asked him, I said, well, so, so, so then really if you look at both of those circles and the difference between those two circles, what would you say that it is? And his interpretation was blew me away. He said that uh, he felt like it was the expectation. He, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But he expected that COVID would be this and would do that, and so he figured this and figured that, right? East, east, west, north, and south. He was all over the place. But now, when he looks at it seven months later he realized that what he didn't do enough was communicate with people. And so his expectations up front, which again, if we could all go backwards and do it again, it would probably, probably be near perfect. But I just thought that was a really insightful uh, look at his experience through the beginning of COVID to now and, and what those uh, arrows meant, you know. And so now all the arrows going in one direction means that he's totally communicating differently. Huh. With everybody. And I just thought that was quite a different answer than most would give. Yeah, that's yeah, that's great. The um we were actually just talking about communication this morning, and it's so easy to get off track with communication. One of John's, I mean, I mean, a quote we've heard a lot and that he quotes a lot is that communication isn't what is it? No, is the it? Num- well, I say the number one breakdown in communication is the assumption that it's been achieved. I say that a lot. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The number. And, and so we did, we, you know, I was in a team meeting this morning and um, you know, there was three kind of core areas that I was, I was saying, if you do these three things really, really well, it it doesn't necessarily matter. I don't think what industry you're in. And, and, and so we were kind of stack ranking, you know, one is the giving principle, you know, you talked about the golden rule, but like, you know, the go giver is a great book by Bob Bird, but just this idea of adding value to people's lives at you, you said it earlier, anything I can do, what can I do to help? How can I serve? Right. Number two was uh, the idea of excellence, right? Becoming very good at your craft, your skill, what you're supposed to do, which is why I'd love to talk about the Seahawks and sports here in a minute, but <laughs> because it's such a great analogy for business, I believe. But so what excellence, right? And then the third one, that we talked about was integrity, right? Was this ability to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it in a way in which you said it would be done, right? Integrity. Like if you can do those three things, fantastic. But then the, the, the wraparound of those is communication. And mm-hmm. so I had people stack rank, like which one? And, and then it's, it's, it's interesting in COVID right now, more people are, are, if they put those four things in a, in a bucket and said, which one am I doing the best? Which one am I the best at as a person or as a, as a team member or whatever? Communication is often three or four. It's often three or four. Now, Adrian, actually, she put communication number one, and, which is awesome. So I'm like, we need more. 
more people to have communication kind of be one or two, I think now than we ever have. Um, because what often I see happening is, is when communication breaks down, it doesn't break the machine immediately. It's sometime in the future, right? You know, and I mean, but at the same time, when you have a well-balanced team, yeah. then you're going to have mixed skill right. skills being the best skill, which I think is also good. Because I also put the go-giver last. Yeah. But it works well because I'm married to John, and he is great at that. <laughs> so we can partner there. Together. Yeah. 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 So, so, I agree with what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about. So on that, we only got about you know a few minutes left, but I want to talk sports. You said you're a sports enthusiast. Um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am very much so too. Uh, I've coached a number of things, and um, I love the game of football specifically for a number of reasons. I think it's uh, it's a game that really can show in a given play. If, if everybody doesn't do their job, you know, like last night, I mean, you know, they even highlighted a couple of times us getting it blocked so that Russ could stand back there long enough to throw the moon ball as they call it now. Um, yeah. But also the mental side of football and the mental side of any competition, right? Um, I'll tell you one quick story. Now I want to hear your, your theory on sports. We were walking out and I was actually on the, with Greeny. I don't know. Uh, you know, you've heard of Greeny. If you're, Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was on with him three weeks ago and for this, this small little invite deal, and it was pretty cool. Um, but he had, they asked, hey, you want to, you, you had a question, John, from Seattle. I said, yeah, absolutely. And I said two things. One, I want to let you know it's great to be here. Uh, and I want to let you know I have the Seattle Mariners listed in my will as my pallbearers so they can let me down one last time. <laughs> and, and he laughed and he laughed hard. And, and, then, and then I said, I said, number two, you'd love this. And I'll, I'll try to send you this clip. Um, but I asked him about culture and, and how much does culture matter in sports today versus maybe 10, 20 years ago. He's a Jets fan too, diehard Jets fan. And he said, uh, he says it, it's never mattered more. And, and it's, it's basically everything. And it's so interesting to me uh, to watch, you know, Seattle, we have Mike Zanino, right? He's, he's playing yeah. for the World Series. He was a Seattle Mariner. We've had a yeah. lot of guys in the Mariners organization uh, go off and, and, not, uh, and be very successful and, and, and see way further than they did individually um, outside of organization. I believe a lot of that's culture. We were walking out of the Seattle Mariners game about five years ago. We had to take you out to the ball game thing at Pro Star, and we lost two to nothing. And my daughter, Malibu, was probably five or six at the time, and it was to the Yankees, and she was teared up. And uh, the guy on the way out who's working for the Seattle Mariners, he looked at Malibu and he says, it's okay, sweetie, it's just a game. And I looked right at him in the eye. I said, don't you turn her into a loser. And uh, Adrian's like, he's, you know. And so I, I run into the guy that runs all these, uh, it's called the, the head of fan experience, like 1,200 people or so on this team, depending on the, you know, the, the work, the concessions, and all the guy at the gate. Blah, blah, blah. So he's the vice president. And he's been reassigned recently to Chicago, to the minor leagues. But I said, yeah. I got a question for you. Like, can we have people, when you walk out of the Mariners, if we walk out of the game and we lost, is it okay to be sad? You know, can we be disappointed? I said, and if we win, I want to shake in the space needle if I'm having lunch because we're celebrating so crazy. 
because we're so excited because that's what we came to do is win the game. And then I said, uh, I said, or let's just take the scoreboard out of Safeco Field. And I think that's where I kind of lost the guy in terms of my credibility. But I'm like, we should just keep the score on the field with the ups and send it back to the league if we don't really care about winning and losing. And what I love about sports is there's a scoreboard and there's no room to write how it happened, right? There's no explanations on the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. It's the score. And it's golf is a great game like that too. What did you shoot? Just because you made a 10 on the seventh hole and you did okay the rest of the holes. Anyway, so I'd be curious to hear your why you love sports so much. Certainly um, your thoughts maybe on why, how we failed to finish last night or anything else of the above. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I, it's, so, it's, so, um, it's so interesting what I've learned um, about sports when Russell Wilson came to town. And, you know, over the years, what has he been here now? Eight or nine years, you guys? Yeah, drafted in 2012. Yep, yep. Okay, yeah. So we got, we got eight years with him. And I remember that everybody thought he was Mr. Positive. You remember that? Yeah. Okay, well, he, he, he corrected all of us oh, a couple of years ago, two, maybe three years ago. He says, you guys got me all wrong. I, it's, not, it's not that I'm Mr. Positive. I'm not that, that much more positive than you guys. He goes, but the difference is, the, the big difference is, is that I'm not negative. Because as his mental, uh, ment his mindset coach, Trevor Moad, I'm sure you guys know Trevor, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah Trevor said. Trevor, you know, Trevor and his brother, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And it's all about, you know, the neutral mindset. And I thought to myself, that is that is so interesting. I never thought about it like that. But then what I did, John and Adrian, is I sort of uh, connected that to my business. And, and do you want to know what I mean by that when I say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I mean to say is because at the, so I work, you know, as, as well as owning Cantillon, I, I manage a, a group of small business bankers in Bellevue for Banner Bank. And, and, you know, our, our motto every day is to give our our very best for the day, the entire day. You don't leave anything on the field, so to speak, right? Or rather you leave it all on the field, however you want to put that, but you got to give it all every day, every one of you. Yeah. You know how we okay. say that pro star, Dave? You want to know how we say that pro star? How? Kick the day's ass. There you, know, you go. That's, you know, when you're a smaller business, you can get away with saying stuff like that on a day to day. That's true. That's true. And you get, and you get, a, and you get a total buy-in too, right? You've got to have, absolutely. You're dead yeah. if you go. Yeah. But yeah. here's the second part of that. Here's the second part of that. Cause that's only part one. And that is exactly what Russell subscribes to. And, the, and all the Seahawks do, of course, you saw it many times last night. Yeah. But then the second part of that is after the day is done and we get back here the next morning and we do it all again, you must forget about yesterday. Yeah. And so Russell and DK and those guys they're good about forgetting the last play, especially Russell, because he threw three not-so-good throws, right? right? And so he has to forget about that. He has to take the neutral mindset. Positivity is one thing, and, and, John, you said earlier, it's great to go, you know, celebrate, and we should celebrate. That's why we play the game, so we can go celebrate doing something really well. And we can celebrate for the day, but when today, when tomorrow comes, you got to forget about that. That was yesterday. And let's focus on the customers that are going to need us today, 
And I think that mindset and being very aware of that mindset has put us in a, in a new league. It's, it's, we're in a different space. Me and my team over here, we're in a much different space than probably most bankers. How do you get the awareness and the buy-in? I, I'm 100%. I agree 1,000%. Flush it. What's next? You avoid the negative, uh, especially verbalized negative. Um, but thinking, if you can get it out of your thinking, eradicate it from your thinking even better. The awareness and the buy-in is what you mentioned. And, and I think that that's so much. I wear a shirt every Monday, except maybe today. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> every Monday, just about, that says 1440. To remind me that there's 1440 minutes of the day. We all get the same. Let's dispose the day the best we possibly can for today. 1440. And then on Tuesday, I wear a shirt that says next. And I was co- I coached a high school football team, and they, all these kids wanted a, wanted this shirt. It was I could have sold them for anything. I don't know that they actually were taking it on the same way that I did in every office that I've ever occupied with the idea of what's next. I think they were maybe using some different wording, different think, thought press around it. But that idea of what's next and, and the, the mental attitude that stays, the positive mental attitude and avoiding the negative thinking. And, and I, I agree, um, positive thinking is oversold. So how do you, how do you get people aware and how, how do you get people to buy in? How did Russ do it? Yeah, 2012 when Russ came, he very quickly, he's done it everywhere, by the way. He's special. So how do you duplicate Russ? Yeah. So Adrian and John, uh, you touched on it earlier, actually. So I'm going to give you the credit for it, but I'm going to round it out and say it's communication. You've got to talk about this stuff. You can't hide it. You can't throw it under a rock because if you do, guess what's going to happen? Rumors are going to start, right? And then anything but the truth is going to, is going to percolate through the room, through the business, through your customers, right? You got to talk about it. And if you don't create a safe space where you can talk about it, people could get vulnerable and, and tell you and show you who they really are. Then you don't, then you don't, you don't have those things right. that we talked about. What do you so, think Box do so well to create safe space or, or, or any organization for that matter? You know what? I think they talk about it. I think, I think they, they talk about it a lot. They talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. I mean, listen, I mean, Pete is as fair as anybody. When he loses, he's a good loser, right? He talks about the things that the other team did well. They beat us. They beat us today. They beat us tonight. Um, But, you know, he accepts it for what it is. That's that mindset, that neutral mindset thinking where it's like, hey, well, what's next? What's in front of us? Um, And I think that um, that's what people need to do. I think you build trust when you talk. I mean, when you talk, when you say the right things and and, and you ask the right kind of questions and then you let people be who they really are, that's how you build a foundation of trust. And if you don't have that, then you don't have a foundation of trust. Ooh. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the importance of talking about what didn't go well, and that's not mm-hmm. negative. That's just, this is just what didn't work. And then you move forward and you flush it and you work to do something differently next. I think that's Adrian, Adrian that's a home run. What you just said, that there is a home run. So I, I love what you said and I completely subscribe to that. Love it. That's all. Yeah. Today's the first day of the rest of our lives. And uh, anybody listening to this podcast, uh, you heard it. You heard it from Dave first. Today's the first day of the rest of our lives. And um, man, can't wait to, to see what is in store. Uh, any other final thoughts? Yeah, I've got one. I've got time? one final question. Okay. <laughs> Dave, I love that, by the way. So good. Okay. Yeah. I've got one final question for you. If you, if our audience could hear one thing from you, what would you want it to be? One final thing, what would I want it to be? 
if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody's going to believe in you. You have, you have to believe in yourself. You have to, you have to get up and you have to put on your tennis shoes and you have to, you have to tie those shoes and you have to take a first step and then you got to open the door and walk in Then you got to open your mouth and look at somebody and then you'll know what you didn't know. And then you'll know what you have to know next. And I think that's the only way you could get through it is that you can believe that you're not taking any steps that anybody else hasn't taken. And if they can take them, why can't you take them? Mm. So I'm hearing. That's so good. The title of this podcast, we're looking for a title throughout, but I'm here never underestimate the power of belief. I love it. You that's know what, what I I'm heard? hearing from you. What did you hear? Put on your tennis shoes. Oh, there you go. Adrian <laughs> usually has a better one. <laughs> Put on no, your tennis tie them shoes and 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 and, and get out, get up and get out. <laughs> you so gotta good. believe. That's awesome. Well, Dave, um, thank, thank you, you so much, much for your, being here and time. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, they want to know more about you and Cantalon. How can they find you? Entrepreneurs and again, tell them exactly who who kind of fits the Cantalon mold. Entrepreneurs and those that want to be in a safe space that are gonna that are gonna continue to push the bar. It sounds like, but. Maybe give it a little more to those folks who might be interested. Yeah, certainly. So I'll start with the last question first. So the, the people that I love to work with and I love to do good work with are entrepreneurs of just about any size um, who uh, are already successful, frankly, and but believe that they can be a lot more successful, right? So they, they know that if you harness the power of accountability partners, that you can really go to the moon and back. And I think that's where we all want to go. So um, pe- people that are looking to play the long game, both in relationship and improvement, both on the personal side and the business side, because, you know, they go together. Right. They're not exclusive of each other. And uh, those are the people both at Banner Bank, where I work in Bellevue, and at Cantillon, where I coach both virtually and, and in person, generally on the east side. Um, those are really the same type of people that I find myself working with and, and frankly, having a lot of success with. Uh, Adrian, you asked, where could they find me? Um, I'm working on my website right now. Probably won't be done for another, say, month, but it's a, it's a www.cantillon.club. That's C-A-N-T-I-L-L-O-N.club. And uh, LinkedIn, I, I, I love LinkedIn. So if you wouldn't mind... Uh, inviting me to connect with you on LinkedIn. That'd be great. I'm a little bit active on Instagram under Cantalong Club. And then uh, you can always find me at bannerbank.com. I'm in the Bellevue Marketplace. There's two Bellevue uh, businesses. I'm the one on Bell Red Road. Awesome. I have one final, final question. Is that all right? Yeah, go. Entrepreneur, I'm going to give you my like stock definition. And this is, I'm, I'm an overly simple guy sometimes. Uh, and so I'm curious to hear your definition. My definition of entrepreneurship since I was five was, was that that's one who will risk time and money now for time and money in the future. You know, you talked about the long play and the long game. And I think that is the long game of entrepreneurship where you, you're investing a lot of time and money now uh, for a return on 
time and money in the future. What would be your definition? That's just my simple definition. I, you know, I don't know if that anybody else would agree with me on that, but that's the way I've always described entrepreneurship to have that vision for the future uh, as you're investing your time and money to create a solution for the marketplace that will return time and money in the future. Wow. You want my final, final answer, don't you? Well, you only have five minutes, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm going to need it. Um, first of all, I love your answer, John. That answer was really, really nicely, nicely communicated there. Um, boy, oh boy, you guys, you guys got me on that one. Um, you could just agree. I mean, if, if we're on the same page, that's, that's awesome. I like, I like it when I'm in a room. It's not always the case. I want to be the dumbest guy in the room, and I typically need somebody to push back at me a little bit, and then we really get somewhere because I'm usually not right. I'm going to, for now, I mean, you really have me sort of tongue-tied. I, I really didn't have a response for that whatsoever, but I really loved yours, and I've never heard it sort of put that way. So... Would it be bad if I piggybacked on you? Yeah. <laughs> he loves me, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much for your time, Dave. It was really fun to chat with you. And once COVID's over, we would love to grab coffee in person. Uh, it's my pleasure, Adrian and John. I appreciate you guys' time and frankly, all the efforts that you're making to help people out both in, uh, you know, in, in the personal world and in the business world. I just, I love working with you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. All the best. Thanks so much for listening to the Love the Process podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. It means so much when you leave us a review and share with your friends. Bye.